Chicas Políticas, we are back here with Rita Casaverde and Yesenia Chavarria. We are Chicas Políticas, a space for Latinx to speak on issues that sometimes we don't get a chance to talk about. It gives you a Latinx perspective. We have two, I would say, powerful Latinas, chingonas, poderosas, <laughs> that speak in our truth. And please keep in mind, this is just a perspective of Rita, we encourage our audience to take a deeper look at their local issues. We understand mm -hmm. that what is happening here in San Luis Obispo County is very specific to our podcast, but we also acknowledge the fact that this is happening around everywhere. We mm -hmm. come to you from the county of San Luis Obispo, California, and there's a lot of interesting dynamics. Uh, what, what's been happening here in our own backyard. Obviously, we're going to be talking a bit about the recall here in California, but we invite you, Chicas Politicas, join us in on the conversation. We want to hear from you. We want to hear what's going on in your own backyard. And we also want to start acknowledging the other mujeres que están haciendo el trabajo, ya sea en el condado de Santa Barbara, en el condado de Santa Clara, wherever you're reporting from, let us know. We would love to connect with you. It's been such a heavy time, Rita. Yeah. Uh, there's been so uh, much politics happening. Yeah. And uh, we see those power moves, which we're going to talk about a bit later in our podcast. So Rita, just to check in with you, what's going on in Rita's world? What's, what's, what's been uh, good with you? Busy, super busy. I think, I don't know what happened. August just started so busy, but it's good. Um, we have a lot of content to share. Thanks to what Yesenia was saying that there's so much uh, politics going on across the board. And I'm guessing that it's happening all across California with the recall, the governor recall, but really a lot of politics happening across the country because COVID has been so politicized and we're seeing another wave with the Delta variant. So a lot of work, uh, a lot of things to talk about today. I'm really excited that we're back and we're talking about these things because like Yesenia mentioned, we do want to make space for conversations don't usually happen um, for Latinas. So uh, shout out to all the Latinas out there. So we're, we actually want to start with a special shout out. And this one goes to Betty Inkland. She is a, a volunteer here in our county, in Sula County. We're right in the Central Coast. And she has been calling Spanish speaker voters in California, letting them know that a recall election is coming. Uh, ballots drop on August 16th um, and then you have time to vote until September 14th and so Betty has been calling all Spanish speakers in, in San Luis Obispo County but also is going to continue calling Spanish speaker voters in California to let them know that there's a recall election coming and how they can vote and just uh, answering all of their questions so thank you so much Betty for uh, putting that time in thank you for all the work that you are doing for our community to making sure that they participate in our democracy. Um, but there's, we were just talking with Yesenia that just so many people and so many volunteers that are putting in the time and doing the work that sometimes we just don't, we just don't have the, 
the space or capacity to give them a shout out. Yes. And I think it's so important with that too, to keep in mind that that's where the real power lies, right? That's where the real change is happening is putting in the work. And we understand that there's so many people behind the scenes and there's so many things that are happening that we may not recognize are happening. And it's important to recognize women and anyone really pushing for progress, right? We know we're living in such a political time where the time is now (laughs) and there's, there's so much going on. And sometimes there is that heaviness, but that's what keeps me inspired and motivating seeing other women uh, and other folks stepping up to the plate to recognize that now today is the moment, right? That we, we need to come together and really push forward because What's, what's wild to me is that the Republican Party, they have it together. They're really showing up in numbers. Mm-hmm. They, uh, you know, are, are coming together and figuring out ways to get organized. Mm-hmm. And this is a group of people who really do show up. And yeah. I think that's what's very lacking yeah. for the Democratic Party, which yeah. I, I think that sounds like another podcast topic. Yeah. But I, I do want to recognize the work of those heroes that are are making it happen. Yeah, and I think one topic that we want to talk about today, we might not go into that much detail, but I know we've been talking before, Yesenia, how much we want to talk about just being Latinos in politics and what that looks like and what that entails and the importance of it. And um, sometimes I feel like there is, and you, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that you feel the same way where there's so many things to do and there's so little representation from all sides, right? Right. But then you look into the minority representation and it's even like lower. And it's sometimes just like us and a few other Latinas that actually a lot of Latinas that are putting the work, but them alone in their, in their spaces where they're putting in the work. And it can be extra tough when that support is not there. Uh, because you are speaking for a community that's just not present, right? Yeah, and I think I think what's interesting uh, speaking here specifically to San Luis Obispo County, which is our home area, is that I see a lot of uh, Latinas breaking the mold, right? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of women that, uh, when I say a lot of women, I would say like, there isn't many of us, but there are women, right? Mm-hmm. Where we are either uh, the only Latinx representation in white spaces. Mm-hmm. We are the only Latinx representation in positions of power. And even mm-hmm. then it's not where it needs to be, right? Such as being elected not officials, yeah. uh, you know, being board members, yeah. being, uh, you know, directors of organizations, nonprofits, X, Y, and Z. So mm-hmm. there is a lot of work to be done, but at the same time, something like this podcast is so important because it is an opportunity for our allies or to have representation. And I will say this, which I, I, you know, it's, it's crazy how far we've come with Rita, but we had done a, uh, a video, uh, a zoom call about, uh, Latinx or Latinos and their voices. I don't know if you remember this, Rita, when we were like talking about, you know, (laughs) last year, right. We were trying to get people to vote. And, and, you know, that was one of the things that we were talking about that if you're not invited into these spaces, if you're not invited to sit at the table, Mm -hmm. then bring your own chair, build your own table, Mm -hmm. but make sure you're pushing that representation. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think this is why a podcast like Chicas Politicas is so important Mm -hmm. because we are authentically showing up in our Mm -hmm. own space, Mm -hmm. right. From the perspective of Latinx, Mm -hmm. which we are 
you know, so many steps behind to have that representation. And and a lot of the times too, which I commend all of the people doing this work, especially people of color is that and queer community as well, uh, that oftentimes when we are that voice in those white spaces, Mm -hmm. we get gaslit so Mm -hmm. much, right. Mm -hmm. We get, we get labeled as Mm -hmm. the the angry latinx woman right we get labeled to say oh she's complicated she's She's right and and those are all stereotypes that are not serving especially for the ones in those positions yeah representing our community so yeah and i think that's that's why the allies are so important right because we have seen i i can quote i can list uh people that are doing the work like virginia roof in south county here um you know christina cisneros and atascadero you know elena garcia and pastoralist you know these are people that are coming up and like sharing the truth from their own experiences, whether they speak Spanish, whether they they are mothers, whether they are teachers or professors, um, and sharing their own perspective and being allies and right. uh, not only to the community but to whatever topic it's being talked about, whether it's Black Lives Matter or mask mandates, etc. So I really appreciate all that all that support and and giving them and every other ally a shout out because it makes a huge difference, you know, seeing someone that um, can support your voice from their own experience gives a lot more credibility to your argument. And sometimes it's hard. Like I, a couple of weeks ago, I believe I participated in a redistricting um, uh, board meeting where I was giving my public comment and I was giving it in Spanish. I'm not sure if we talked about this last week, but I give it in Spanish and they were not ready for the Spanish. Uh, they said that they you could give the, the comment in English or Spanish. I decided to give it in Spanish because it's my first language. And they were not ready. And it took them about like 15 minutes to get all the setup ready. And they, I got a lot of messages from people that were like, thank you so much for being that first person, you know, because I could have I could have spoken in English. Right. You know, I could have been the one just not not pushing that boundary of like, let's right. get this setup ready for the next person that comes after me because maybe the next person that after me won't even be able to understand that there is a technical issue going on right now you know right and so uh people did message me and they were like thank you so much for doing that even and these were people that didn't really necessarily speak spanish they were just happy that the system that they were saying that the county supervisors had for redistricting public comment actually existed and it worked and, you know, after me, hopefully more people spoke Spanish, um, but they then we have the system. So it's it's the it's not only you trying to push that limit, but you sometimes need that text message and that that call that that uh, supportive comment of saying thank you for doing that. And it obviously is appreciated from our community, but it's also appreciated from our allies. Yeah. And I think you bring up a good point, Rita, that we do need that support, number one. And number two, like, it's not about us, right? It's about, yes. it's about moving a step in the right direction of progress and inclusion for everyone. Imagine, imagine that scenario, right? Where you're calling in in Spanish, which is your first language, mm-hmm. which is part of our identity is mm-hmm. our language, right? And we do have that right to speak in our, whatever language you wish to, whether that is, you know, uh, Mandarin, whatever you want to speak, mm-hmm. you know, but imagine, imagine wanting speaking in that language and them not even being prepared. It's like, 
then people and then these elected officials or these institutions wonder why they don't have diversity. Yes, it's yeah. like, how do you expect the Hispanic Latinx community to show they're up? Like, when they're, they're not never even... here. They right. don't care. They're never here. <laughs> it's like, well, maybe because you make absolutely no accommodation to them. You know, right. I just heard that the pastoral was school district, and this could happen to any school district out there. Uh, and I, it also has happened with this slow the San Luis Obispo County Board of Supervisors meetings, they have taken phone calls away. So if for the last year during COVID, I was able to participate in democracy by calling from my house because I cannot physically mm-hmm. get to the, uh, the place where they, these officials meet um, for X reason, they just took that option away from me, you know? And that is in a way, it's a step towards oppressing a voice over it's a step towards taking your ability to participate in democracy right and we've we've talked about that too is like all these hurdles that are put Mm -hmm. in our way so that we're not even at at this table right we're not even in the room to to voice our opinions voice concerns or participate and you and I both recognize that participating and uh, even running for office, these are both two concepts that require a lot of privilege, yeah. privilege of time, mm-hmm. of energy, of uh, having money, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And so what scares me is that we are at a point in our history where we can no longer be sitting still mm-hmm. or compromising decision-making we have to sacrifice. Yeah. We have to sacrifice. We have to show up in these spaces. <laughs> and it's hard because right now with COVID, right? Yeah. Like right now with COVID, I think what, what really upsets me is that right now COVID, once again, it's becoming a, another big wave of, of people getting ill yeah. and there's folks that don't want to get sick. So like, for yeah. example, with the Paso Robles school board last night, they were not, they didn't, they didn't read out any emails or take any callers. So imagine mm-hmm. if you're immune compromised, you don't feel safe going mm-hmm. into that space. So now they silence you. Right. And it's, and it's one of these things where we have to participate. Yeah. I cannot stress this enough. Yeah. The Latinx perspective needs to be authentically represented. Mm-hmm. And that can only come from our own community members. Mm-hmm. We need to show up in these spaces. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like every single, I don't know if year or just couple of years, there's a new obstacle, right? To participate in democracy. And lately has been the amount of harassment that elected officials, candidates, community leaders have to face. And we talked about this a little bit in our last episode, and we talked about the importance of taking breaks and the importance of mental health. But you do have to be mentally prepared to to go into uh, something like running for office or just being a community leader, right? Because it, it can take a toll on you on top of all the obstacle, all the other obstacles that you mentioned. Um, now you have to be ready to deal with these people that are just uh, literally harassing you, sending you death threats, insulting you, you know, right. making you trying to make you small. And right. we talked about the importance of taking breaks and last month and uh, mental health. And right after um, we talked about that, right after that episode, 
you know, we saw what happened at the Olympics and, and the focus on mental health and the pressure that these athletes were going through. And, you know, we talked about it a lot with Simone Biles, I think the entire country, but even when she tried to be honest, even when she said, look, I just need a break. Uh, and I, it's like a physical limitation with twisties. It's a, it's a mental drain for me and the stress and the pressure. Even then, people still had a backlash against her position. You know, they said, oh, she just wants the press. Oh, she she is ruining this for all Americans. How dare she? And so now you not only have to be able to deal with this type of pressure and the type of harassment, but when you actually uh, show yourself vulnerable, you have to be ready to deal with this new wave of harassment because of your position, right? So that's why having those allies, having that support group is what really will make a difference. So if you ever see someone that's struggling or that is being truth to, to their identity or to their needs, please be there to support them and be loud because there's yes. too many loud people on the other side. Yeah, and I think you bring up a... Um... You do bring up a good point. Excuse me. <laughs> no, not on. I think, no, this is, this is gold right here, guys, because this is the thing is that obviously I think there's a difference between like praising someone, which I think it, to some extent we do need to praise people, but I yeah. think it's that, that like sisterhood, right. Being hermanas to really yes. show up because it's not easy being uh, a minority speaking yeah. up. And especially I see this all the time too. It's like, for someone like Rita Casaverde, who is breaking ground, she is a trailblazer. There is no blueprint for her to follow. She is making the way as we speak. <laughs> Every single brick being thrown at her, she's building that wall, that foundation. And we have to show up for people because I've heard so many times, Rita, that people cannot show up, right? So the mm-hmm. fact when when we have leaders in the community showing up, like, do, do, you don't have to do it publicly, but do send them that message. Do yeah. send them because you don't know what challenges like they, yeah. they, you might look at them going up there yeah. and, and being amazing, but you don't know what they're going through. Some, a lot of the times, yeah. even like, you know, last night I didn't want to be there. I was not feeling good, <laughs> but I was like, I have to show up, but, but this is the thing. I think there comes a point like with, with Simone where, you know, she did get a lot of backlash for mm-hmm. not wanting to continue her participation at the Olympics. And I can only imagine when you're a sponsored athlete, you have a camp behind you oh and goodness. this is your career that, you know, people are like pressuring you to do that, but she was, it took so much courage for her to speak up. And I do want to quote what, what she did say, which was tenemos que proteger nuestra mente y nuestro cuerpo y no limitarnos a hacer lo que el mundo quiera que hagamos mm-hmm. unquote. So you know, once again, this is reiterating the concept that this is not a race. This Mm -hmm. is a marathon. Mm -hmm. Simone recognized that she needed to sit this one out Mm -hmm. for her own body Mm -hmm. because her body is her business. Mm -hmm. It's her career. Mm -hmm. It was going to do her no good Mm -hmm. to compete, knowing that she could compromise her safety, her, her business, herself, right. Her body. Mm -hmm. Uh, And what was wild about this with the backlash and all the criticism is that we didn't find out until I think maybe days later or a week later that her aunt had passed away. So this was a young woman that was grieving in one of the most, uh, you know, important moments of her career. Mm -hmm. But you know, this is the thing is that I always say this, that as as 
as people, we have to advocate for her ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I know for me, sometimes I struggle with this because I always have the yes attitude, like, yes, I can do this or yes, I'll I'll show up for you or yes, Mm -hmm. yes. But I also feel, and I think I've heard this, um, a lot Rita is that there is this heaviness, this like dark cloud happening in this country. Yeah. And it's really messing up with people's health, mental health. Yeah. And it's, and it's this COVID it's this politics. It's this, uh, you know, so many issues, climate change. Right. And so this is so important advocate for yourself (sighs) and it's, and it does take courage to say no. Uh, but you know, we we have to take care of ourselves. Right. And so, you know, shout out to Simone, who's breaking a lot of barriers for athletes, for women, for women of color. Um, I know that that was, you know, a lot of the ideas that we, we as a society have made the black woman be this woman that is not entitled to pain. So thank you, Simone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think um, it's not just the, the stand that she took and us not knowing what she was going through personally in her, in her life, but it's not just it's not just Simone, right? It's so many people that we interact with, and I don't. I agree. There's a lot of negativity, a lot of heaviness happening right now, a lot of fighting and arguing, um, and we are doing it through a, a time of grief, right? And to not and to think that there all the personal issues that people humans usually have in their lives. Are not happening at the same time while we're having these arguments it's it's just silly right because you have amazing amazing people in this community that are making a space to take a stand to make their voice heard but they could very likely be struggling at home they have you know we could have mothers who are dealing with whether they send their kids back to school whether it's going to be safe how are they not going to balance their time if they don't send their kids back to school? They might have lost someone or know someone who's in the hospital because of COVID. They might be struggling to get some relatives vaccinated. They might be sharing information out. They might be phone banking while at the same time, you know, trying to be a, a family person. It's just so much. So we should all continue, you know, think about mental health. It's not just the Olympic. It's not this athlete. It's just for all of us and we just gotta continue um recognizing we we need a break and but at the same time there's so much work to do so it's like a marathon that you just gotta you know get yourself ready for um to continue pushing yeah and it's that sisterhood that um i like to reference the uh the inner circle, right? You take care of them Mm -hmm. and they will take care of you and Mm -hmm. i think that's is that that's what's very much needed right now Mm -hmm. is that when when someone needs to take a break all right the the second string comes in the third string you know and and we're all stronger together and I think you know what's what's really fascinating to me and what what I would love to see is like 20 years from now how we're gonna narrate the events that are unfolding right because Mm -hmm. we just came away from a really wild election right who was going to be our next president um and now 
on a state level where, you know, we're talking about this recall, which was yeah, like, like, we don't have enough things to worry about. <laughs> we now have to think who our next governor is going to be after September 14th. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. You know, I actually, um, I, I'm supportive of the governor. I mentioned it here in the, in the podcast before, and I'm obviously going to be voting no on the recall, which is the first question. Vote no sign your ballot and send it back. I'm going to be doing that as soon as I get my ballot. Um, but I was actually looking into information about the recall because um, I was talking to some people about it. And I, I, kid, I kid you not, Yesenia, the governor was elected in 2018. The California governor was elected in 2018, November. And he took office January of 2019. He's been, people have been trying to recall him since March of wow. 2019. So two months into his, into him taking office, there were groups of people already trying to recall him. And you can see who, mm-hmm. and you can see that the same people have been trying to recall him again in, in 2019, again in 2020, like another time. This is like the right. fifth attempt to recall him, the fifth. And the only reason why they were able to gather enough signatures, which, by the way, California sucks in this in this way, because they have the lowest threshold, one of the lowest thresholds of how many signatures you need to get a recall in a ballot, like to trigger a special election. Right. And it's extremely low. It's like 10 or 12 percent. Just imagine like 10 or 12 percent of, of voters in California can do whatever they want. They can just completely change. Uh, what 65% of people voted for in 2018. Right. It's crazy. So they did that and they were able to get signatures because uh, they got an extension because of COVID. They were given like a couple more months to get more signatures. So they got the signatures in an extended period and they got the recall now in the ballot. And now everyone's going to get a ballot uh, August 16th. And they're trying to get rid of the governor who, by the way, is 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 keeping us in a really good space right. regarding COVID. You know, if you see, I just saw a graphic today of uh, the cases, COVID cases since July till now for California, Florida, and Texas. Texas is like going way up. And it's Florida, crazy. Florida is just like exponentially growing right now. And California is like low, super low in comparison to them, to the other two states. But now Republicans in California, who are the main backers with billions mm-hmm. of millions mm-hmm. of dollars into this recall, because that's just how it is. Millions of dollars coming from the GOP, from the Republican Party to this recall. They are uh, trying to get rid of this governor to put in a Republican governor. So we could end up So next month. We could end up having a Republican governor, just like Texas and Florida. Mm-hmm. It's just crazy. And keep in mind, if this recall does happen, the, the new governor would be in office what, for a year. Yes, because elections are next year. Yeah. So we have. And what's crazy about this, too, is how expensive this is. So hundred and seventy six million dollars. And look, right now with COVID, <laughs> we, we don't have money to waste like that. And I know oh. a lot of people could not wrap their heads as to why California was being so strict. But keep in mind, California is like what the fifth largest economy in the world. Yeah, we we're have, like number one on population. We, we why would we not want to protect 
yeah. you know, like the assets of this great yeah. state, like why would, why would we not set the bar high? Yeah. Right. And if you look at this governor, like, especially for Latinx, um, I saw a big backlash for him when he gave money to undocumented people during the it, pandemic, during yeah. the pandemic, he was a trailblazer for that. That took a lot of leadership to mm-hmm. do that because well, regardless of where you stand on this, uh, immigration issue, these are folks that are part of our community. They're contributing to our economy. These are hardworking mm-hmm. people. These are people who face the same challenges as us, even worse challenges. Mm-hmm. What he did was great. And I saw so many people say like um, uh, something like there was a slogan, like proud American, but not proud Californian. Like there was, it was like the perfect storm against mm-hmm. this governor, right? Yeah. The fact of the extension, the fact that it was during this Trump administration, yeah. the, the election season. I mean, people were racking up those signatures yeah. because people had the downtime to really yeah. push this agenda. Mm-hmm. And this is what's wild about all of this, right? Is the fact that they, this isn't anything, uh, recent, right? Like what they're saying that this was happening a long time ago, but now it caught enough, enough fire for Mm -hmm. it to become a real thing. And now look at it now, next month in September 14th, this is actually a real thing. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that Democrats could not maybe show up to this election, that is dangerous. Mm -hmm. I don't take it lightly that this may not have, that this governor may not be here anymore because guess what? The folks on the other side, they're ready to show up. Mm -hmm. They will be showing up. Yeah. Yeah, So Democrats don't take this lightly. Mm -hmm. We have to keep California blue and you have to show up. So Rita, tell us a bit more about how that can happen and what needs to happen in order to really show up. Yeah, so um, right now it's, we're recording this August 11th um, and the recall election is happening. Everyone's gonna get a ballot starting August 16th. So only five days until people start getting a ballot. There are many things that you can do. The main thing is that you need to vote, but you can do more than voting. You can tell your neighbors to vote no, You can phone bank. There's a phone bank tomorrow that the NWCP and the Democratic Party are putting together. You can find information on, uh, I believe, the Democratic Party's social media. Um, And right now you can phone bank. You can get a yard sign supporting the governor. You can just uh, tell your friends over your social media through whatever whatever social media you use how you're going to be voting, because we really need to start driving that excitement. We're so close to the election, to people getting their ballots. And it's really scary because as we were saying earlier, the Republican Party has a way to mobilize their voters and their people. You know, they're mobilizing against mask mandates. They're mobilizing against vaccines. They're mobilizing against critical race theory, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, because it all starts from fear, right? But when you try to mobilize people on hope, on when you try to mobilize people on the good things that are happening currently, like for example, the support of the governor uh, to immigrants and climate action and, and housing, et cetera, that doesn't move people. It's right. not the fear. It doesn't go into the, the those basic instincts of, you know, flight or fight type of situation. So we're just too comfortable. And sadly, uh, the way that the recall works is that if more than 50% of the voters, mm-hmm. the people that actually vote, mm-hmm. 
um, say yes to the recall, we lose the governor. And then it goes to the same, the second question that will be on the ballot is like, who, if the recall succeeds, who would you like to have as your governor replace Gavin Newsom? And that is a scary thing because there's, I, I don't even know how many people, like 90 something people that are running that no one knows about. Right. Whoever, whoever get this, gets the amount of votes, it doesn't matter the person, if they could win with 4%, 8%, whatever, mm-hmm. they are the next governor. And currently, the guy that is leading the polls uh, is Larry Elder. And he's a Republican radio host. Sounds familiar? We're going from a reality TV to like radio host. <laughs> um, this guy doesn't believe in any type of gun control. He doesn't believe in like COVID restrictions. So really, we're really going to be uh, a Texas or Florida if we get a different governor. And this governor will be able to uh, sign executive orders. It will be able to direct, you know, the state government. And yes, we have a, a, a blue supermajority in the state, but you can still write executive orders without right. any any legislature at the state level. So it could be very damaging, especially for next year's elections, uh, because this governor will be, you know, in charge. Um, so I, I, I encourage everyone to vote, obviously, but that's just not enough. So show your support, whatever that looks like for you, whatever you feel comfortable but think that the other side is doing a hundred times what you're doing. Oh yeah. I mean, they, I, for, uh, for the folks that are familiar with San Luis Obispo County, Templeton, you know, which is a tiny little town here in our tiny. County, but they show up religiously. I mean, yes. they're there every single Friday with their yes. flags and they're showing up. And I went up to the Bay area and over by like Gilroy, that little area, Watsonville. I mean, they were out there too, right? Mm-hmm. With their signs. I mean, the visibility is so apparent. These are folks With that get Trump ex- signs, right? Yes. And they're, they're, they're excited. I mean, they mm-hmm. live for this kind of stuff. They know that they have invested all this time and energy and this mm-hmm. is their, their moment, right. To, mm-hmm. to get some, some sort of, um, acknowledgement, right. That their activism, that is activism is, yeah. is working. Right. And I think the Republican party, uh, you know, they do show up and that's yeah. what worries me. Mm-hmm. And so Rita, what about, what about the, the young voters that maybe turned 18 recently? Uh, what did they need to do to make sure they participate in this election? So if you've just turned 18, you can still register to vote in California. And if you uh, have not registered, you can still register today to get a ballot in the mail. And what's going to happen is that you're going to get a ballot just vote. Uh, there are three ways that you can vote. You can vote by mail, which is what I'm going to do because it's the easiest. Just get your ballot, uh, fill it out, sign it, uh, put in the envelope. It already has a paid postage. You put it in your mailbox and you forget about it. You vote it. You did it. You can also take it. The second way is that you can get take your ballot to a Dropbox location starting August 16th. And the third way is that you can take your ballot to your polling location. On September 14th, you can vote in person. You will have to take your mail-in ballot with you and they will give you a new in-person voting ballot and you can vote in person. But, you know, what if you wait till that last day and you forget your ballot and your polling location is going to be limited to where you live? You can just go to any polling location. So, but if you get to a polling location, it's closed, you know, whatever it is. So just make sure that you vote early so you just get it out of the way. 
Um, so that would be my recommendation. But if you haven't registered to vote yet and you're 18 or you're turning 18 by uh, September 14th, you can get a ballot. You can register and get a ballot. And I get flashbacks of like, you know, Trump running for office where I think we all thought it was like a joke, right? To say, mm-hmm. oh, it's not going to happen. There's like no way. Here's this man with oh, no political background, yeah. you know, and we, everyone, I think even for me, like no way, like not going to happen. Right. And then when it did happen, it was like, okay, where's Ashton Kutcher saying you've been pumped, right? Yeah. Like there's a joke, <laughs> like someone come and save us. And I, I honestly, that was a lesson learned that we have to show up. Anything is possible. I don't think enough people have learned the lesson. Because I don't see as many people mobilizing for the recall. And, you know, I just saw some numbers from other states, uh, primary elections or special elections. And the voter turnout is so, so low. It's like, it's it's so, it really worries me how many people are going to turn out to vote because like you mentioned, Republicans are ready and are mobilized and are motivated. Um, but we don't have that on the other side and we need that balance and we don't have it now. So the worst, honestly, the worst can happen if we don't vote. Yeah. So keep in mind, mi gente, register to vote. If you haven't, if you have a sobrina, sobrino, godchild, remind mm-hmm. them this is their moment to start participating uh, politically. And we definitely encourage you to remind your vecina, comadre, hermano, parents, dias, dios, to please vote. This is an important election. Mm-hmm. Um, and once again, like we Latinx needs to show up. I think if we show up, in numbers, it gives a lot of influence and a- accountability, acknowledgement to the, the power of Latinx. And that's how we show our power by showing mm-hmm. up in these spaces such as ele- elections. Yeah. And elections, look, if you're not showing up for other things, I guess that is somewhat OK if you show up for to vote, you know, because that right. makes a huge difference. Um Ideally, you'd be showing up for other things too, but you know the very basics of our democracy rely on you using your power to vote. So use that power, um, use your ballot, send it back in. And also pro tip, if you send your ballot early, people and parties will know that you have voted. Uh, they will know obviously how you voted, but they will know that you have sent in your ballot and then they won't call you. Right. You know, so don't make don't make people work harder, guys. Yeah, that's 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 another thing. Right. Don't make people work harder. Uh, Help out. This is a a community effort. This is a state effort. We want to keep California blue. Show up. This is an important election. There's so much at hand. So um, if you feel frustrated, if you feel like, uh, you know, there's been too much going on, uh, you know, don't mess with the foolery. Show up and vote. And it's not just about the parties, you know, it's not about like, oh, this is the Democratic Party that we need to support, but it's just what the options that we currently have, you know, <laughs> like, I really, really wish that, like, I get it, I get it, I get it. People say, well, we have to build a new party. Please do, like, I'll help you. But I don't see anyone doing it. Right. I don't see anyone doing it. I don't see and until that happens, these are the options that we have. And it's not necessarily voting for the lesser evil. We actually have received so many benefits from the work that this governor has been doing. And just imagine he got elected as the paradise fire was happening. Right. And all of the other fires uh, happening in 2019. 
he, this governor had to go through the entire pandemic leading the way and supporting not only the right. Latino community, but, you know, supporting our, our first responders, keeping us safe, uh, taking bold decisions. Right. And now it's 2021. We're in a much better place than other states because of the leadership. Um, and, you know, yeah, there might be things that you don't like about the governor, but th- look at all the other options. I'm not joking. Like, just look at the mm-hmm. other options and realize how bad it can get. So don't let it get that bad and vote. And vote. Yes, it's so important. Now shifting gears a bit to yes. uh, so much action happening at school boards. Yes. You know, who would have thought the school board uh, elected officials <laughs> would be such a hot topic. And we're really seeing this yeah. all over the country, right? Yeah. And one of the biggest sparks, uh, this wildfire to tie it into the California climate yeah. is uh, CRT, critical race theory. Yeah. Now, uh, Rita, I get asked this question, what is CRT and why, mm-hmm. por qué tanta importancia, qué, qué tanto traen with CRT? Mm-hmm. So for the folks yeah. that may not know, mm-hmm. let's get some backstory because what I'm concerned about is people are not connecting the dots. Yeah, or it's being used like as a, as a Trojan horse, right? Um, so CRT, the way that I understand it is a, a topic that has been, that is, Uh, taught in law school um, to students to just show the disparities on how law can be applied um, and still defend certain groups of minorities, but it has not been defending the people in the intersections of minorities and how we need to be more critical about uh, about our laws and about our system and to properly identify those who have been oppressed historically or, mm-hmm. or by institutions. And so it's a it's a very complicated topic. It is, that's why it's taught in law school. But like any other term that Republicans like using, it has been hijacked. It has been uh, used. They knew it was something that people would not understand, but they had to, they knew they had to do something with, with race, right? right? Close enough, close enough. It was a hard term to understand. It had to do with racism. So now we're going to use this as the boogeyman. And we're going to say that they're coming for your kids and they're going to make your kids cry. And they're going to tell right. them that they're oppressive if they're white. And then they're going to teach them that they, uh, black people uh, hate white people and that white people hate black people. And that is going to be divisive. And that currently the lie, that the, the new big lie is that uh, currently teachers are teaching critical race theory in the schools, in high schools and primary schools. And um, we need to get rid of it and we need to ban it. Keep in mind, folks, critical race theory is not being taught in schools right now. It's not being taught in kindergarten. Mm -hmm. It's not being taught in elementary school and it Mm -hmm. is not being taught Mm -hmm. in high schools. Okay. It's like, it's like if, if someone's like, okay, I'm in fifth grade. Uh, am I learning about quantum physics? Well, maybe someone will mention <laughs> it, right? Maybe it will come up. Maybe right. someone will come up. Someone will mention, uh, you know, who something about quantum physics and the teacher can answer it. That's as much right. as, it, as, as people are talking about critical race theory at schools. You know, it might be like it, you're probably more likely to talk about uh, Pluto, you know, right. as critical race theory. And not, e- not even that, not even that, but it's, 
it's been told to parents, especially the parents that are easily to get afraid of, uh, to, to get afraid of things is that their kids are learning this and that they need to ban it. Right. That they're being brainwashed. And what's really sad about all of this is that, you know, in, in public school education, these are spaces where politics should not be in. Right. And especially as elected board members, these are not supposed to be elected officials pushing a political agenda. Mm. But unfortunately, being that we're in such a political climate right now, Mm. given so much going on in this country, we're seeing a total violation of board members Mm. really pushing forward their political agenda. Mm. And, you know, we're seeing that happening all across the country. Mm. We're seeing it happening in our own backyard. Mm. Uh, Paso Robles School District is no exception. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm really disgusted by the behavior of the board president president and uh, the fact that he basically did a, a, a personal opinion piece and brought it up to the board. And, you know, he really ran with this, let's ban critical race theory. Mm-hmm. And what scares me the most based on last night's meeting was that you get folks that are really emotionally charged. I understand these yes. are, whenever we're talking about race oppression, the horrific, atrocities that this country is part of our history right and the and the reality as people of color that you know and I and I and I will bring it to my own personal personal perspective is I didn't learn about brown excellence about being a Latina until mm-hmm. I was in college and that is really unfortunate yeah exactly and you know there's we live in a country that is diverse we live in a country where you know a lot of uh, perspectives have been written from a white man's perspective yeah and and we need to change that and I understand people are afraid of change but we also mm-hmm. know that we need to be in a space where we can learn of others. And, and it's, it's really unfortunate that the Republican party has really manipulated mm-hmm. something like critical race theory to be divisive. Yeah. What's even more heartbreaking on a local stance is the fact that there are more important issues than yes. making the community go through this roller coaster. And I blame the school board yes. for intentionally dividing this community. Yeah using our time and energy and resources yeah. instead of addressing real issues that affect all of our children, right? Yeah. If, if, if the issue is addressing education, why are we not talking about reading scores, yeah. testing scores of math, comprehension, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Why are we not addressing the fact that the Paso Robles School District is not providing public transportation for mm-hmm. all students, right? Why are we closing down a school? These are very intentional things to really push a political agenda. Yeah guys Mm -hmm. do not drink the kool-aid yeah and you know what bothers me is that um, i believe it was the superintendent who put out a um an opinion piece out there i believe it's it was a superintendent it was a kurt debose yes yes that's the superintendent of possible school district yeah i believe he said well uh i just want to clarify or something to, to this to this matter that he said something like, I just want to clarify and I want to remind people that, that the three school board is the three of the school board members that are pushing for all these topics. They ran on these topics like this is how they ran their elections. And that's why people elected them. And so that's why they are pushing it for it now as if it wasn't an excuse. Like, 
what are you trying to say? Like, you know, so now I can just be like completely blatantly racist and then get elected because I managed to game the system and know who has access to voting and who doesn't and get myself elected. And then everyone has to be like, well, he, she did run saying racist things. So we just have to accept it now. What kind of, what kind of <laughs> stupid, stupid statement is that from a superintendent? You know, you know, what's wild about that, uh, Rita, is that this was these, these folks that ran for, for school board, they've never been shy about their agenda. Right. And, you know, what's crazy about this, uh, some of the school board members got reelected. Right. So we know Mm -hmm. that these are folks that uh, want to be in these power positions. Right. And then the other part is these are folks who ran as a team, the force of four. So four people that think alike for people that probably mm. have the same income bracket, people who probably who we've already known uh, live near one another. Uh, and these are people, um, if you look at the school board dynamic, these are people that are very opinionated and have a political agenda and now are put in power positions to push that. Uh, it's, it's, it's no, it's no, uh, it's a reality. We have a board president who bel- who has bluntly stated multiple times that systemic racism is a myth. And yet here he is as a white man manipulating and pushing his agenda. And guess what he did? He did exactly that. Once again, he pushed down ethnic studies, mm-hmm. um, treated community members badly and teachers, it's one thing teachers right teachers bad. community members activists Students, everyone right just yeah. and and the, and the school district uh stood behind this man right there's mm-hmm. no there's been no apology there's been no sort of no acknowledgement no of this sanction, emotional roller coaster nothing, right nothing. and it's like if they can't even stuck stomach ethnic studies of mm-hmm. course critical race theory is not even you know gonna happen and you know to to curse Bows. It's one thing for you to to run and do whatever you want to do with your campaign. Moment that you're sworn in as a board member, mm-hmm. your job is to always put the students in mm-hmm. front of anything mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. If you knew as board members that we weren't going to see eye to eye on these issues, your job is to be proactive. Your job is to uh, make sure that there's integrity, that we're coming together as a community. The fact that this board and this district allowed for this divisiveness, which we saw last night, mm-hmm. um, that it is political, mm-hmm. is is such a shame. Yes. And one last thing to uh, Kurt or or probably Soraya for today, I'm, I'm estimating. Stop fucking quoting Dr. King. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> yes. Stop it. Stop it. You do not understand his message. You do not know the history. And Stop a racist, it. a racist, Stop it. a blunt racist, right, that we have the receipts to show for. You do not get to quote black leaders that's mm-hmm. not how it works mm-hmm. you don't you don't get to gaslight our community you don't get to gaslight us into believing that the reason why you're bringing this up as a discussion if there's a valid reason behind it you don't even teach it dude if you don't know what is being taught in your school you just do not deserve to be superintendent you just do not yeah and that was one of the points that i made to last night rita is that is that you know i asked i asked the board of directors not to renew 
Ramos's contract. He has one year left. He's not the right man. He lacks vision. It's one thing for this board to be a circus and to, you know, be complete, you Mm -hmm. know, crazies, Mm -hmm. but then to have a superintendent that his role is to really protect, Mm -hmm. you know, staff. Mm -hmm. And he didn't even stand up for teachers. (laughs) Like there's no balance of understanding that not everyone thinks the same. And I think that's what, what's very hurtful to the community is that there is this assumption that the majority gets to rule. No, public education, public (laughs) education comes from the state and there are guidelines. And I am interested to see what violations this board in this district is in, because it is clear that politics have infiltrated our public education system and it's hurting our students. Mm -hmm. The fact that you know, these are folks who, who even last night are really trying to push their agenda for elections. It's not even election season and they're ready to, to make sure that their perspective is being preserved. And this is the reality guys that at my tax dollars, just like your tax dollars, everyone's tax dollars goes into public education. So everyone has the opportunity to speak up as community members, as parents. Uh, And the reality that we are not being heard, that's a problem. The reality that there is no diversity it's very, very one-sided is, is not okay. Mm-hmm. The fact that, you know, I, as a community member didn't even feel heard. I really mm-hmm. just feel like they check out and we have to show up in numbers. I mean, yeah. y'all should have seen that, that room. It was packed. These people show up. They're ready. They also played it so well. Uh, they put critical race theory and mask mandates in the same uh, meeting agenda. Right. So like the other thing that they could have put in was like the vaccine passports and I'm sure that the Arnold would have showed up um, <laughs> and I don't know what else what else can they have put in there maybe the mini machines you know yeah. they could have had the mini machines and then just get like the same group because they're the same group right, right, right. and so they got the most amount of people that they could with mask mandates and critical race theory you know all the parents that sadly have been um, just have been following this um, race war and and all of these uh, brainwashing uh, who will never accept it, but um, that have. And they brought them into the room to stand against the same thing, which is we're just asking for reason at this point. It's like you don't teach critical race theory, drop this. And even if even if you even if you were uh, teaching it or someone would talk about it, the resolution that they passed says that they can only talk about the flaws of critical race theory. Can you believe that? Like, where are we? Where are, <laughs> are we? Is this North Korea? Where are we that we're telling teachers what to teach uh, students and what topics they, what specific topics they can talk about and in what lens? Right. What lens? And I think that's the dangerous part, right? The fact that we're talking about you know, really pushing an agenda. Yeah. And this is the thing is that, and, and what's wild too, to me is that, you know, um, these, these, this is a board of directors that abuse their power. You know, they're yeah. very much pushing their agenda even. And I hope guys, you, you listen to this and I really hope that when the time comes to vote folks uh, into these power positions, um, that you, you guys really turn out because yeah. this is such a strong grip yeah. on this, on this perspective. And Paso mm-hmm. Robles is very conservative yeah. to the point where it's hurting our kids. And look, yeah. the, my, my whole thing is, um, we have to have diversity of thought, number mm-hmm. one. And when you're in an educational setting, I hope you do think, and children are being taught to think critically, mm-hmm. right? And 
look, <laughs> we're living in a world where we all need to figure out how mm. to listen to one another, mm -hmm. how to interact with one another, mm -hmm. how to accept the fact that we don't all think alike, mm -hmm. right? But there's also truce. The fact that yes. police brutality yeah. is that Blacks are more affected by police brutality, that is a fact. Yes. <laughs> right? It's not an opinion. But, no, it's that's a opinion. fact. Or the fact that vaccinations work is not an opinion. Right. It's a it's a fact <laughs> backed up by science by multiple research. And it's right. not it's not that you found one one doctor that says right. it doesn't. Ninety seven percent agree with something that that's what that's what you have to that's what a fact is. Right? right. And that's I think that's the thing about, you know, folks. I remember my uh, college professor when I was you know learning about politics. He's like, we're here to talk about democracy and it's not about opinion and it's about instilling and making sure we preserve democracy. And you know what? I think it really has to do with this is all part of the Trump effect and mm -hmm. everything that has been happening mm -hmm. since Trump ran for office is that so many people have seen in this man in power and they have seen themselves and they right. have said, well, he's saying all those things. Right. And right. he never had to show any proof of any of the things that he was saying. He was unapologetic and he would just abash anyone mm -hmm. for anything with absolutely no reason. Right. And lie multiple times. He's, he's completely a, fact yes. that he was lying. right. And then people look at him and see him and they were like, why Why can I do that? And now everyone feel empowered to just give their freaking <laughs> ignorant opinion and be taken and want it to be taken seriously when it's like it and it does feel like you're you're living in crazy town. It does feel like yes. you are like, how can you reason with someone that tells you that Bill Gates uh, invented uh, COVID? Right. I've, been, I've had to talk to people like this and I've had to ask them where did you hear this? Like I was uh, volunteering at the Midstate Fair, the California Midstate Fair here, pretty popular fair. I had a, I was volunteering for a booth and someone was like, did you know that Bill Gates invented COVID? And I was like, no, I don't think that's true. <laughs> like, where did you hear that? I was trying to be extra nice. Right. And this lady said, oh, it's everywhere. I'm like, well, if it's everywhere, I would have heard it. I, right. I, this, that is not true. Where did you hear that? And she said, in the dark web. Oh, my gosh. And I was like, and she said, because Google and Facebook are suppressing uh, this information with their algorithms. But oh if you go gosh. into the dark web, you will find this truth. dark web. And huh. so and then, by the way, like five minutes later, I saw this lady signing up to volunteer with the Republican Party at the Republican Party booth. And this is the thing, guys, right, is that I, I'm interested to learn as, as a country, when is enough enough, right? I've always, I think, and I think that's the part that hurts the most is that once upon a time, being a president meant, meant something, right? That you have integrity, that you speak with the truth. And granted, we're not going to see eye to eye on a lot of things, but this past president, Donald Trump, I mean, he had... The, the stuff, the way he treated people. I mean, it's like the golden rule when we bring children into kindergarten classrooms mm -hmm. and the, the way he treated reporters, the way he censored them. He was really, when we start moving in a direction in this country to censor folks, guess what, guys? That's not what the founding fathers were about. Yeah, to but me, the, the problem is that it's like this mirror, right? It's like, and this is another thing that Trump left us. He... Anything that he did, he said others were doing, you know, like, oh, like fake news. And then he he would be the one spreading all the fake news. Right. And so when 
now the supposedly the censorship is coming from the side that is not doing and this is why when you start questioning reality right like who is censoring who right right right. because both sides say that they censor each other and this is why it's so important guys like look do, do the research make sure you're not if make sure that as much as maybe you're believing one side that you do look into the opposite side and really yeah. start thinking critically right and i think that's the part that we have to get people of color in these white spaces right if you look at the pastoralist school board and you probably look at many school boards it's not diverse there's yeah. no representation it's very uh, male based it's very old, older generation based, right? Yes. And so we need young people to be on the school boards. We yes. need women, we need queer folks, we need people of color, um, yeah. you know, we need indigenous representation, we need Latinx in there um, because I don't see change coming, not until we can authentically be in these spaces. Yes. It, it's obviously not happening. And it's things like this where, you know, I know, um, I know uh, it was like five of us, five women showed up last night to a room of like 40, 50 people. Yeah. So it was very slanted. Um, it did not go our way. The uh, board did vote four to three to ban critical race theory. Yeah. Um, and, you know, my biggest takeaway is that we have a long road ahead of us. Yeah. Um, we need to start showing up in these spaces. Mm-hmm. There's too much important things happening mm-hmm. for us not to be part of this movement. Mm-hmm. And that's going to require sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And I want to clarify on the Pasarola School District and wherever you're, you're listening this from, for that specific vote last night, it was a four to three. Is that right? Yes. So if we had had one more, mm-hmm. one more person on the side of not banning critical race theory or not, not proving that resolution, uh, it would have been, again, a four to three on our side. Right. So right. it's just a one C difference. There are two, two of the people that voted to ban critical race theory are up for re-election in 2022. Right. So just think about the possibilities, you know, and this is most likely happening in your town, your city, in your state, where you might be seeing things that are being approved by, you know, by this, the cons- by conservatives, or might be like against, against uh, gay rights, against LGBTQ people, against trans people. You might be seeing things against immigrants, but just realize that, Sometimes you just need one vote, you know, right. one vote and it could make a huge difference because then you're completely changing the, the power dynamics. So I'm really hopeful to know that it was a four to three and it wasn't a bigger, uh, a bigger difference uh, because it does give us the, the hope that it can be changed and we could move that balance and take that mm-hmm. balance towards our benefit. Yeah. Thank you, Rita, for that reflection, because I know, um, and it was depressing yesterday. <laughs> it was so depressing to see and to hear. And these are, you know, people that I personally know and, and, yeah. you know, and it's heartbreaking to see what's what's going on right now and there's so much work ahead of us and we have to really take care of ourselves right like just yeah. to bring it bring it back there's too too many important things for us to not participate in but please take care of yourself um there's there's a lot going on and you know we have to push for diversity we have to push for representation we have to yeah. push for our voices to be heard and i do um I do want to take the opportunity to acknowledge the amazing work that is happening at the 
Paso Robles, in the Paso Robles community, the fact that I am seeing a lot of new faces, I'm seeing new, hearing new voices speak up, you know, people showed up, Um, you know, the the school district did not take any phone calls and did not read any emails that were submitted Mm -hmm. uh, to, to make sure to give priority to the people that did show up, Mm -hmm. but it's hard for people to show up when there is a pandemic happening and and numbers are going up. And it could be that they also knew what kind of emails they got, because I know that I send the email yeah i sent screenshots of the call to actions that the republican party has right had and had sent out to their followers and um i found this screenshot on on social media and i sent it to this to all the members of the school Mm -hmm. board and i sent it through the republican party's uh call to action which you know they said uh call come to the meeting show up and send emails call your um the pastoral school district because they're trying to pass a critical race theory and critical race theory is this marxist socialist agenda you know that democrats have and it's like why are you pulling in democrats into this why are you making this <laughs> and and when you start tracking it back to where it goes you know we are mentioning the republican party a lot but it's it's not us it's like right. really mitch mcconnell saying and right. acknowledging that while we keep uh the country in this race war and in this you know like uh state of emotion they have better chances right. of in 2022 win elections get back the house of representatives block anything to get right. legislation for biden and this is a plan this is a plan that they have and they're just trying to find more and more topics and telling their their base to find more topics to keep the community in this heightened state and right of just like right. alarm and you know like they're coming for you feeling and look as as a person of color there i i feel that I don't hold resentment for history, right? Because what's happening in this country is not just limited to the United States of America. It's it's also like I seen it with the connection with Mexico when Mexico was conquered by Spaniards and yeah. having that negative history of of what's happened to indigenous mm-hmm. people, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's not just limited to this country, right? Every mm-hmm. every place has a dark side of history. Mm-hmm. We're not here to shame kids. We're not here to, you know, reverse the reverse the the mm-hmm. um the racism. Mm-hmm. But what's funny is that maybe maybe people of color have been treated badly. It's, mm-hmm. it's, why why is there so much resistance, right? It's yeah. like why why are you so damn scared? Yeah, like you educate me. Why? Because yeah. you 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 feel like we you're going to be a second class yeah. citizen that you're not yeah. going to be welcome in spaces that you're going to be excluded yeah that you're going to be treated less than yeah and it's not even really talking about left and right democrats versus republicans it's about moving forward and this is a problem right it's when they put us in this situation where they politicize everything right we're thinking left and right when we really should be thinking how do we how how do we move forward, right? And right. we get distracted from amazing things that are happening uh, in uh, in government. Amazing uh, infrastructure deal just uh, got passed uh, yesterday, and these are all just distractions, you know, from things that are right. really moving us forward and that hopefully right. will be equalizers for our communities, for low income, for middle class. Mm-hmm. Um, 
They don't want us to talk about those things. That, right. That's too good for. Right. For... And the trauma is real. And I think, too, for people of color, it's this like acknowledgement of our history. Right. The fact that these events have happened mm-hmm. and offering at least and even if you don't want to acknowledge it, but offering that other side. Right. There's two mm-hmm. sides of the coin. Right. Mm-hmm. And and I do believe that gen- generational trauma is a real thing. Yes. And so in order for us to advance, mm-hmm. it's like you have to recognize those events to move forward. Yeah. So it is part of the healing process. Yeah. And so we, and then I, you know, I, I can't help but sometimes wonder like, what is it going to take, right? For us yeah. to move forward. And it's really, I mean, you will ask a psychologist, you have to acknowledge those events and go back to those events. Um, and when your senses are heightened, I mean, that really clouds your decision-making, yeah. which is what I see, <laughs> what I saw last night. I mean, the tension was so thick. There was so much emotion. And what's interesting to me is like, probably like they're on, on the side of yes, ban critical race theory, maybe like five people spoke up, but everybody else just showed up. Like these are people that may not necessarily speak up, but they're mm-hmm. ready. Right. Mm-hmm. And that even alone to have that support yeah. does play with your psyche to know yeah. that you do have the upper hand. Yeah. And do you think like on the topic of critical race theory, which is not taught in school, so more on the topic of racism and acknowledging the horrible history, um, not only in this country, but around the world towards minorities, towards black people, indigenous people. Do you think there's a path currently? to get that acknowledgement and that understanding in the educational system sure yeah no no we're not even close we couldn't even we 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 couldn't we can't even make I was advances. trying to be hopeful I was trying to we, be no, hopeful no and, and you know and that's the crazy thing too Rita I was trying to be hopeful last night but reality <laughs> reality sunk in reality sunk in there was five people ready to speak <laughs> in favor of critical race theory (laughs) to like 40 to 50 people against it. We were outnumbered. (laughs) That's the reality that I'm in. The reality sunk in last night that if we continue locally for the Pasadolas community, if we continue what I saw last night, we don't even stand a chance to transform that school board. And that's just me being honest. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. We're not even close to even having a leg in the race. We're not even in the race. So we need to figure it out. We got to show up. We got to start looking at candidates. We got to start pushing, getting people to vote um, in regards to moving forward Mm -hmm. in issues of, of race is we, we couldn't even look at the history, right? Because that's what's happening in Pasarola School District. History is being written right now. And I can't I can't help to think sometimes yeah. maybe we are ahead of our time, Rita, because this school board I've is al- not ready. I've, I've always been ahead of my time. Yes, yes, you've been a trailblazer. <laughs> this school board is not ready. This district is not ready. The staff is not ready. Yeah. And if you are ready, where are you? Yeah. Where are you? Yeah. Speak up, mm-hmm. reach out. The yeah. fact that look at what they did to to ethnic studies and ethnic studies is probably the 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 pill you can swallow okay but look at the way it was treated it didn't pass and then what was crazy about it was the connection that chris arun made comparing critical race theory to ethnic studies so it's total sabotage like we don't even hold a chance on these issues because it's already been decided Mm -hmm. in in a in a meeting previously or side Mm -hmm. conversations what is going to fly what's not going to fly they are they are throwing us bread crumbs to show us courtesy, mm-hmm. but it's all for show. So yeah. we're nowhere near it. 
um, I also feel like this is why um, this is why it's so crucial as people of color to keep the hope alive. You know, I don't mm-hmm. want to, I don't want to be a, a, a <laughs> negative Nancy. I'm just speaking truth, yeah. but then it's, it's this balance, right? It's this yeah. balance of you have to acknowledge where you're at. Yeah. Number one, number two is holding on to hope. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing that's going to move us mm-hmm. forward and aligning you, aligning yourself with a group of people mm-hmm. that are moving forward. Mm-hmm. It gets lonely if you do this type of work alone, yes. but together as a team, you can do accomplish great things and you don't need a lot of people to create change. Yeah. But we do need people to show up and vote. And I think that's where the allies come in, right? Because minorities will be minorities for a long time until demographics change. But that's where we need the allies to step up and to come out and to go that extra mile, that that extra mile that I know they have barely gas for, you know, or very barely charged for. But we do need you there because minorities will be minorities and they will be minorities in groups like in spaces like the one last night at the school board. Uh, but that's why allies are so important. And I do think that it, it, it is a big show that only four out of the seven votes um, supported the banning of critical race theory that is not taught in the school. Uh, and the three were able to see past that that the not silent majority, right? Mm-hmm. That very loud, aggressive, uninformed majority. And um, I'm, I'm, I think that if you vote, if you if you do use this recall as your, you know, building muscles on how you vote, on how you uh, support a campaign, on how you phone bank, on how you volunteer we can get so much change next year in the primaries and then way more change in the November elections when we'll be able to flip most of these school boards, you know. We just need that one vote out there. Obviously, two of them are up for re-election. We already are hearing from candidates are ready to challenge um, those uh, school board members that speak from a place of... from. from uh, backed up by racist principles and values, uh, but I I think we can do it. I honestly think we can do it, but we have to be flexing the muscles right now. Right, and, and we do need the allies. So if if you guys uh, get involved, like we mentioned every single week, you're probably tired of us telling you to get involved by now. But if you do get involved and you do come out to vote and you do show up as an ally, if you're an ally. Um, I think we can really make a big difference because it only matters, you know, that one vote, flipping that one vote. Um, although that's not the only school board, right? We've seen what happened at Lucia Mar School Board south of our county and what's happening in so many other counties in the country. Um, that for mask mandates, there was a huge group of aggressive attendees, aggressive mm-hmm. parents, aggressive community members who uh, screamed, interrupted the school board meeting uh, when they were talking about mask mandates. They threatened, they lied, they insulted board members, and there were people that were cheering them on, you know, as this was happening. And it was aggressive, it was loud, it was out of place, and it was uh, bullying at the end of the day. And these are parents that supposedly are speaking for their kids. And it just makes you think what kind of Uh, what kind of life, what kind of education they're providing these kids at home if they come to a public setting and insult and scream, interrupt, they don't follow rules, they bully 
uh, people that are supposed to be there, you know, not getting paid much, <laughs> barely getting anything for the time they're in. Right. They just have to take it. And I don't know. It, those members are also being now recalled as well. Lucia Mar, school board. Um, but we're also seeing a lot of disinformation happening at the Tascadero school board uh, meeting as well. And, you know, luckily, Atascadero was able to move forward with like the mask mandates. Uh, but it, it just and we'll see what happens at Lucia Mar. But it's happening all across our county. It's happening all across the country. If you hear of a school board meeting in your community, show up, check out what they're talking about and make sure that you're an ally and that you lend your voice to help those that just cannot speak for themselves. The immunocompromised when we talk about COVID. Right. The organ, the people that have received uh, organ donation, you know, mm -hmm. the people that um, just cannot uh, go out there, go back to their normal lives in any way or in any way or shape because they just cannot uh, risk getting any type of uh, amount of virus. They just can't. And so just think, think about our frontline workers, about our nurses or doctors that are day in, day out dealing with this pandemic for yeah. since 2020. Um, think about our teachers, about our, our farm workers. If you, if you find a topic in a school board meeting, city council meeting, county meeting, wherever you are, please show up as an ally because your voice is going to be so appreciated. And like uh, Yesenia said, on the other side, there were five people ready to speak. What if you take four of your friends, two of your friends, and then you end up making that that difference? You know, you don't you don't have to be a hundred. You can be five and make a huge difference in the conversation. Right. And I think that's that's, um, you know, with the mass situation, it, it really breaks my heart how political it has become. People are dying of this. This is a reality yeah. that we're living in. This is not a flu. This is something crazier. Yeah. Uh, the fact that we're in such denial and that we politicize wearing a mask. Mm -hmm. um, and it's and it's heartbreaking, right? And, mm -hmm. you know, this is going to keep going. COVID is only getting worse and worse. Mm -hmm. And we have to be proactive, right? Do not being proactive and, and thinking that this is not a real thing is just a bunch of nonsense, right? Mm -hmm. And that's why we have elected officials to, mm -hmm. to help us, you know, govern society. Mm -hmm. And and that's what's heartbreaking that, I mean, I'm not a doctor, nor would I ever go into an office and get some sort of procedure from someone that is not a doctor, right? Yeah. These are people who exactly. go in to go to school many, many years yeah. and are, you know, specialists, just like you would not be getting legal advice yeah. from someone that is not a, mm -hmm. a, an attorney that passed the bar <laughs> and is in good standing. So let's, mm -hmm. let's be smart about this guys. Um, this isn't, I, it almost seems like that, like macho man perspective mm -hmm. that, you know, you are wrong, but you have mm -hmm. so much ego mm -hmm. that you decide you will, I mean, hearing some of the comments even last night, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's just so heartbreaking. I'm just like cringing as I'm hearing people speak. Yeah. And, and I feel like I become a bit of a, of a, a specialist on how the Latinx <laughs> community has been affected, yeah. right? Like we know these are real numbers. I'm, I'm in the trenches seeing yeah. how it's hurting the Latinx community. Mm -hmm. right? And wouldn't it be nice to have a school board member that was from the Latinx community that would give those numbers for you? You know what's, you know what's crazy, nice Someone on the staff? You know what's crazy? That? You know what's crazy about mm -hmm. this? 
Mujeres de Acción reached out to the school board and which said, a, which is a grassroots organization. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And we, we focus on breast cancer awareness, but being that it was COVID and there was such a lack of representation mm-hmm. to help the Latinx community, we mm-hmm. stepped in, in that, in that, you know, need. Mm-hmm. And so as, as Mujeres de Acción, we reached out to the school district and said, we know that Hispanic families are suffering. Mm-hmm. Can you connect us to families from our district, school district, so that we can help them with food security? Mm. So the school district was aware that families were struggling. Mm-hmm. So they gave us names, right? Mm-hmm. They had to be passed, right? By mm-hmm. the school board. Can we do this? And we were able to help. So it's like, where, where are you not acknowledging the fact that this is a real issue? Mm-hmm. Educators know that people are struggling mm-hmm. yet. You don't, you, well, you want to make it political. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't get mad. Don't get mad at me mm-hmm. for speaking truth because I'm seeing the need. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, it really, really, it really sucks that even people that, you know, could have a good heart are being pushed into this circus, this shit show, Mm -hmm. you know, and that are just not making the right decisions because they're either being bullied or they're listening to people that are not experts in the subject, whatever subject that is. And it's happening so much more here in the U.S. than in other countries, I believe, at least from um, comments from people from other countries that are just seeing how divided people are on Mm -hmm. just wearing masks Mm -hmm. you know and how extreme the comments can be Mm -hmm. on not wearing masks when it's not asking that much we're actually both wearing masks right now right while recording this podcast and if you didn't notice before it's because there's absolutely no difference like you can speak you can breathe and on that topic you know how many of the terms of that people have used for a long time to ask for their rights have been hijacked right like now people that are against mask mandates are saying well i can't breathe and their their slogan is let me breathe you know right and when when i can't breathe was the slogan of black lives matter because they were literally people killed with their knees with the police knees on their necks right and they literally said their last words were i can't breathe and they were murdered that way and now that 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 term has been hijacked by by uh the people against mask mandates and these are the same people that are also hijacking you know my body my choice saying they are not gonna get vaccinated and they they make as if when I get pregnant, mm-hmm. I'm going to be able to pass that on as a virus to like 10 other people. Right. You know? It's just completely hijacking the term from the reproductive rights movement and so many other terms. And so like, that's why I get really mad reading an opinion piece, not just a comment, in a, a written opinion piece from the superintendent, uh, the pastor of the school board that not only wrote down reread probably read and reread send it to the new times and then was just he thought it was a good idea to to quote martin luther king uh, (laughs) while backing up why the debate on 
critical race theory was legitimate. You know, I, I, I get so mad because it's the hijacking, it's the right. gaslighting, it's the, mm-hmm. the silencing of so many asks and so many things that, that we've been fighting for that are sometimes not even for us personally, but for our community and that are moving right. us forward. And the hijacking of those terms just to keep us back and to keep killing us. You know, it's a divide and conquer, right? It's a divide and conquer approach. And we're seeing it all play out. And, you know, I I invite everyone to really take a pause from all the madness and look at when when this this time in history will be taught. And I'm curious to when when my little niece asked me, Thea, I remember you putting events at downtown Paso. I remember showing up for Black Lives Matter. I remember you going to the school board meetings for critical race theory. And um, I understand there's a lot of privilege in that, but I also know like as Latinx, we have to show up in these spaces because I already know that our gente cannot show up, right? Mm-hmm. They they work hard. Um, even like last night, there wasn't even a translator once again at the school board meeting to translate if there was a Spanish speaker, right? Mm-hmm. There was a translator to translate for the YouTube option, mm-hmm. <laughs> but a person cannot be doing two jobs at the same time, okay? Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of work to be done, but you know, Rita, uh, we're moving along. Uh, yeah. I invite everyone to take that pause. And and if, if there's a child in your life, it doesn't even have to be your son or daughter. Uh, it can be a nephew, uh, anyone, a child in your life with that once they grow up and ask, where were you at when all of this was happening? My hope is that you were involved. Yes, yes, yes. Um, that we're definitely going to be looking back at what's happening right now. And good things have, hap- have come out of it. You know, we started this podcast. <laughs> yeah, more involved with taking different roles. Um, our lives definitely have changed, so we can definitely, I think, take everything that is happening and all the experiences that we've gained to make the best of it and and find opportunities. You know, and create spaces. So, let's uh, move on to La Soraya or El Sorayo. I'll I'll let you choose the Soraya or the Soraya of the show. <laughs> I will choose El Sorayo, which I will pick uh, the superintendent of Paso Robles. Yay, Dr. Kurt <laughs> Yes, I'm so disappointed. Um, you know, this is a man who lacks vision and commitment and integrity. Mm-hmm. The fact that he enables the school board and the fact that there are way too many important issues happening in our school district, mm-hmm. such as a suffering budget, such as staff leaving. We've lost four key principals in our district. Mm -hmm. We've lost the directors of multiple uh, positions. And I will go ahead and read this because it is wild. So we have lost the Flamson Middle School. Sorry, guys. The Flamson Middle School principal, the Lewis Middle School principal, the Pfeiffer principal, Bauer Speck principal, director of student services, director of food services, director of maintenance, director of transportation, director of facilities, director of IT, plus a numerous amount of teachers. So Mm -hmm. the fact that leadership is not being helping retain these people is a huge red flag. Mm -hmm. The fact that this man, I've had numerous encounters with him and he cannot be diplomatic uh, as to his stance. That is a problem. The fact that he enables a racist board uh, president is a problem and enough Mm -hmm. is enough. Please express your opinions and thoughts that this is the wrong choice for Mm -hmm. another contract to be superintendent. Yes. Um, if you haven't read um, Kurt, Kurt DuBose, 
And I really hope I'm saying his last name wrong because he will never be able to say my name right. Uh, his, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> his piece from July 8th, 2021. Kurt said he 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 took the 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 stand of, you know, so many people are like, I've been to Africa. I cannot be racist, right? He pretty much said that. He said, he writes, I have stood at the former cell of Nelson Mandela outside Cape Town and listened to a former fellow political prisoner describe Mandela's 18 years there. I have toured the National Museum of African-American History and Culture Privilege. in Washington <laughs> and the Mississippi <laughs> Civil Rights Museum in Jackson. And I've walked past the pillars that list the actual lynchings that occur each year Words fail to capture the absurdly inconsequential reasons for the murders. I live, and it's like, dude, so now you want us to be like, oh, you are right. We're going to listen to you because you travel, because which you do is, tours. Which is, requires so much privilege, right? Um, the privilege, like, you don't need to travel to a different state, to a different country to see that inequalities happening in your own town, in your own district. You can't even how, handle your own relevant. district. How is it relevant? You you being at places doing tourist stuff has absolutely <laughs> nothing, nothing, zero, nothing. The, the man's an expert, right? Because he goes to visit. To oh, yeah. Oh, I've been to the museum. There's no way that I don't understand. It's like, dude, you're so out of and place. Just, and just to put this into context, right? I, I have had multiple Black friends that I love and adore. <laughs> I love Black culture. I love Black music. Mm -hmm. That still does not make me an expert <laughs> to speak on behalf of that community. Mm -hmm. That does not give me the right to say, because I have a Black friend, mm -hmm. gives me even any sort of insight to he, speak he, on the Black experience. That, that is so that. offensive. Please mm -hmm. do not say that. If you start out as a racist making comments such as I've dated a person of color. Mm -hmm. I, I love eating tacos, right? <laughs> I've been to Mexico, by the way, it's Cabo yeah. San Lucas, right? Yeah, yeah. Like that is offensive. Please do not do that. You, you embarrass yourself when you use those things. Yeah. Stop doing that. Yeah. You li you're literally embarrassing yourself. So we're going to move on uh, from that embarrassment of course, the most, um, and then we're going to go into our next part, which is just wrapping up this episode. Thank you so much for listening. So coming up, what's coming up? Um, I know that the recall is coming up. Register to vote. If you haven't registered to vote, a registrarse para votar. Um, pueden registrarse para votar uh, online. It's super fácil. takes maybe like two minutes, three minutes. You can go to registertovote.ca.gov. Register to vote. I don't care what party. Just make sure that you sign vote by mail. That way you always get your ballot at home and you have more options to vote. Just good advice for you. Again, register to vote.ca.gov. Uh, that's G-O-V. That's for government. Register to vote.ca.gov. Register to vote today and get your ballot. Fill your ballot. I'm going to be voting no on the recall. I'm going to leave. There are only two questions. First question, voting no. I don't want the recall to happen. And second question, leaving empty because people are crazy in that list. And so I'm not going <laughs> to legitimize that process by choosing one of those crazy people. And then I'm going to sign it and I'm going to put the postage or it's already paid postage. You don't even have to put postage and it's put it in my mailbox and forget about the recall. But I'm not only doing that, I'm also putting in a lot of time volunteering uh, to make sure that people know about the recall. So that is coming up. What else is coming up, Yesenia? 
as always, the school board issues, we will be doing a school drive, uh, school supply drive in Paso Robles next Monday, the 16th of August from 6 p.m. till everything goes uh, and be talking about the possible school closure, which is still a big reality. And mm, so we yeah. need the community to rally behind this issue. So yes. I invite you guys to that. Please look, take a look at our Facebook group, Instagram, and please let us know uh, where you are listening to us yeah. from. Uh, let us know what's going on in your own backyard. And uh, we would love to hear from you. Yeah. And thank you so much for listening. We'll see you in the next episode. Let us know what you want to talk about. But Thank you so much for listening. Bye, chicas políticas. Mm-hmm.